Hey, guess who it is? Hello? It's uh, Dash and Knox. It's Dash and Knox. Dash and Dash Knox. I was right. I think so. We we get we'll get it right one day. It is all the way down number fifteen. Uh, and man, I I had like a bunch of shit to yell at you about, but now it's uh e, it's E three week. Yeah, I was gonna say there was a there was a story you were talking about how you wanted to do that we didn't get to do last week since last week uh, life started sucking for me kind of hard for a minute. But we're uh, we're back this week. Uh, not even the story. I still uh, that that'll be coming. But uh, but I got that new Ratchet and Clank game and. Uh, I had things about that to yell about. Um, but now, for the last like few days, all of a sudden, there's a bunch of E3 stuff going on that's kind of cool. So I don't know where where you want to start or if you had shit of your own to talk to. It's been an extra week. Yeah, I was a little preoccupied. I've been playing a couple games here and there, but nothing I want to talk about just yet. So I'd love to hear... So E3 week is going to be especially interesting to me because I actually have made a point to not see anything yet. I've only seen a couple tweets here and there as kind of spoilers, but I don't know too much. So yeah, I'm going in blind here. All right, all right. So I haven't seen uh, very much because, like, the Microsoft... Con- uh, like, one day I tuned into some live coverage, and it was, like, Microsoft and Square Enix and stuff like that where, you know, I, I was kind of half paying attention and, and nothing... Nothing really caught my eye, except that Square Enix uh, is making a new game called Final Fantasy Origins, which Mm. I think is very confusing because there's already a Final Fantasy Origins for PS1. (laughs) What is that Origins? uh, It sounds familiar. It's not it's not like Crystal Chronicles, is it? For PS1 or the new one? The The uh, origin. Sorry. (laughs) The the one on PS1 uh, is just Final Fantasy one and two on PS1. Oh, so it's li- oh, okay. So that's yeah. that's like the Game Boy Advance game that I have, which is Dawn of Souls, which is just one and two for Game Boy Advance. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the details are though, because uh, as far as like if it's more the eight bit version or more the Game Boy Advance version, which one is on the PS One? I'm not really sure. Probably more the eight. <sighs> Probably one. the eight, but yeah, because PS. I mean, while they did do like cutscenes and shit for Final Fantasy V and Chrono Trigger and stuff, um, I, you know, the Game Boy Advance was a little bit ahead of the PS One's time. Yeah, and then uh, the the other thing is, oh, well, then then they remade one and two also for uh, PSP, and it definitely wouldn't, you know, of course, be that one. But it's just funny that there there's been. S- so many releases of Final Fantasy 1 and 2 already. Uh, but speaking of which, okay, so yeah, on that note, Final Fantasy 1, right? It was 8-bit, then there was that PS1 release. Well, Game can Boy I ask you Advanced, a question real quick? PSP, uh-huh. Overall, um, I have heard largely that everyone has been really disappointed with this E3. Do you agree with that sentiment? Uh, well, um, there, yeah, for me, it's been pretty normal. Where there's a bunch of shit I don't care about, uh, and then there's like two or three games that I'm like, hell yeah, right? Hmm. Uh, E3 has been saved by this one game, right? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, and that has happened for me this E3. 
Um, so yeah, that's that, that's kind of the thing. Is um, real quick on Final Fantasy, I was gonna mention yeah. one more thing that Square announced because Final Fantasy one and two, we've had all these different versions of, right? And then Final Fantasy three, though, we didn't get in the U.S. until they remade it for DS, right? And it was in it, they made it three D uh, and all that, um, and then. That version, I think, got ported to mobile at some point, and then, like, the mobile one got ported to Steam, and I want to say that 4 got the same treatment at some point, maybe 5 and 6. I mean, a lot of these got uh, Vita ports, too, didn't they? Like, Final Fantasy 4 has a good Vita port, I remember. Yeah, I'm not, I I don't even know. Um, It's been a little confusing. So, uh uh square did announce like a final fantasy i it, what did they call it? it's like the pick the the pixel remaster or something it sounds to me i i should look into it more but just based on the name and the and the look of the trailer it looks like they're actually releasing the original like 8 bit huh. 1 2 and 3 16 bit 4 5 and 6 in a collection on pc super so, mario all stars for final fantasy well, not even All Stars because All Stars remade the games. You know, oh, okay, All Stars yeah. was the eight bit games in sixteen bit. That's true. This is like I think they're they're just you know doing the originals. So if that's true, that's really cool because you know those are the ones I played and I thought they were really sweet. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that though, I mean, I, I was kind of only half paying attention to Microsoft and Square because it was. I like I don't want to just dunk on Microsoft, but like <laughs> man, as far as like when I was talking about being a cynical asshole at, at E3, Microsoft is like the company that just stands up there and we year after year deliver the most <laughs> advanced gaming experiences. Was it Phil on Spencer? The most powerful ha- uh, fucking hardware. Yeah, it was probably Phil Spencer, and I don't know, Major <laughs> Nelson was probably up there at some point. Um, but you know what I mean? Oh, I did get really confused during the conference though, because, uh, some other like big corporate asshole was on the stage talking and, and I was like, who is, I know who this guy is and I've heard him make a bunch of stupid video game speeches before, but I didn't think he was a Microsoft guy. But he's on the Microsoft thing, and then it turned out it was the Bethesda guy. Yeah, I was about to say it's probably Bethesda. Oh, right. Microsoft owns them now. I totally forgot about that. Do they own them or Yeah, Microsoft acquired Bethesda. Um yeah, so I I I guess more accurately they I guess if they own them they probably acquired Zenimax, which owns Bethesda, yeah. Maybe right, that yeah, that that's the thing that I'm not positive about cuz well, right, I I know about Zenimax. So um, who came out? Was it Todd Howard? Couldn't have been. No, no. I, I Todd Howard at least has a lovable face. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know who the who the, Pete Hines. Or oh, something? Pete Hines. Okay, that makes sense. Is is that the name? Okay. I think Pete Hines um, actually. Does does he have like a kind of an Australian kind of voice almost? Yeah, he's I think got that's something going on with with his with his accent. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, I was confused for a minute because I was like, "Man, I'm I'm not used to this guy on Microsoft." And oh, right, because of the big acquisition that happened. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like, I, I don't know. I was kind of in and out of those ones. Um. But I did oh, watch. Wait. I don't think that's. <laughs> Never mind. I'm sorry. I looked up Pete Hines. This is not the guy. I think who would have. It's an not him. Accent. Okay. <laughs> uh. 
Anyway, um, so I did watch the, uh, oh, someone at some point, I don't even know when this happened, but Elden Ring got shown off. Oh, I had to look up this one specifically. I don't know when it got shown off, but I just looked it up on YouTube, I, the Elden Ring that trailer. Was, um, so that is the, some of the things that I did actually catch. So, sorry, I, I didn't catch any of E3, but I caught uh, the Summer Games Fest, which was hosted by... Um, um um jeff ramsey jeff ramsey oh is that his name god damn it what is his fucking name jeff keely jeff keely why was i thinking ramsey yeah jeff Gordon keely ramsey i'm mixing them both this up this game is raw <laughs> yeah he was uh he, he he hosted that and i caught like i think about two thirds the, the tail end two thirds of it and i i saw the reveal for elden ring and before i played dark souls um not that that has any bearing on it, but I just want you to know that going in, I have zero context of FromSoft games unless it's Armored Core. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, that is the first Dark Souls-esque game I think I'm actually interested in. Because it like everything about it looked really gorgeous. And like the environments itself had a very... like It's cool that it's being uh, co-written by George R.R. R. Martin, but like I'm not a huge Game of Thrones fan either, but it's like you can kind of see where there are very original kind of horrific creatures being made in this game between the creative minds of those two the, those two forces, you know? It's really cool yeah. to see. I'm stoked about that. Yeah, the Elden Ring trailer looks really sweet. And uh, I, I a, a lot of the designs um, I thought looked pretty familiar. If yeah. you've played, like, uh, it, like, one of the really early creatures just looked like a straight like one of the bloodborne creatures specifically mm. i actually th um, when i first saw the trailer opening i thought it was bloodborne too oh yeah i did yeah. not think it was uh, going to be elden ring but yeah there there was some nice uh definitely there was some really cool variety and like uh yeah it, as far as um what i liked about the trailer i thought it was really good for a fromsoft game uh trailer because mm. like there was a lot of stuff where it didn't show like the HUD and it didn't show anything that looked like direct gameplay feed, you know, but yeah. the stuff that they were showing did look like it was gameplay just like with a more cinematic camera. You know what I mean? Like the animations that it was showing the players going through and fighting creatures and stuff for like the couple seconds that it showed definitely looked like a video game character in video game action doing those actions yeah. you know the uh because I, I like the thing with fromsoft is like i don't i don't i'm going to buy it right i <laughs> i'm going to play it i don't need to know all the little details about like what's the, what's the hud going to look like is there going to be a stamina bar you know like <laughs> uh, I, like i'm i'm fine you know just the the fact that like they're showing me what looks like gameplay and it looks like it looks like souls gameplay it looks like FromSoft gameplay yeah. i'm in you know uh so that's all i needed to see and uh honestly yeah, yeah, if, really if you didn't that. tell me elden ring was the title i would have thought it was like dark souls dlc it looked yeah, straight yeah. up just that way totally um and then so so yeah so elden ring was a big thing and then there's one other oh there were a couple other just like really big things that i already knew about but it was really nice to see again like i know i'm speaking to a smaller audience here but shin megami tensei 5 looks amazing uh and i'm really that, glad that was that on the nintendo reveal today 
Yeah. I think I so saw that, was, uh, that on Twitter, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that has a that that's coming out this year now we know. Um actually we kinda already knew, you know, that it that it was an October game. But hey, uh they showed a little bit of it and that was cool. And boy, it was a little I'm I'm gonna hipster out for a minute here, but like it was uh a, a little concerning to be watching Nintendo's direct live on YouTube and during the Shin Megami Tensei five trailer before they said the name of the game, right? Just when it's like showing the setup to the plot and stuff, the whole chat is just going, Persona? Is this Persona 6? <laughs> is Persona 6 going to be a Switch game? And then and then the title screen comes up, Shin Megami Tensei 5, and everyone's like, oh, it looks like a Persona ripoff. And I'm just like sitting there fucking pulling my hair do you th- out. Do you, well, okay. Pulling your hair out because you recognize the joke or because you you realize there's probably a lot of people that do don't that, that probably don't think persona and and smt are connected yeah i don't think people are being ironic because i i think persona 5 brought a lot of new fans oh, in yeah for sure and persona 5 dropped the shin megami tensei name you know three and four have shin megami tensei on the cover and five doesn't you know so I think there's a ton of people who really like Persona now that don't know about the the roots, if you know. Yeah. Uh, so so that was funny, but uh, but looked it looked really good. Here's the thing, though. Okay, so everything was kind of normal, and everybody was disappointed by everything until there is a new fucking Metroid game coming out. Yeah. Not you- Metroid Prime Four. You posted that in my Discord. It was like Metroid Evil or something. <laughs> Dread. Dread. <laughs> now, Dread is funny because uh, the name Metroid Dread has actually been bouncing around since, like, the early 2000s. Because apparently uh, apparently there was a leak a long, long time ago, like like shortly after Metroid Fusion. Real quick, if you don't know, there was Metroid, there was Metroid 2. Super Metroid is considered Metroid 3. In fact, in the boot-up of Super Metroid, it says Metroid 3 on the oh, screen, I didn't know right? That. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and then Metroid Fusion is Metroid 4. So, shortly after... Fusion Metroid... is for Game Boy Advance? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. And now there's lots of other ones. There's like Zero Mission, but that's a remake of yeah. one. There's Other M, but that's a spinoff. There's the Prime games, but those are spinoffs. Oh. All that kind of stuff, right? But uh, Super and Fusion were three and four, right? And then like pretty shortly after Fusion came out, there was a leak about Metroid Dread coming, right? But nothing came of it. No one ever heard anything about it. Uh, and then at some point there was some kind of talk about it as a DS game where it, there, yeah, they were making a two, an, the next 2d Metroid Metroid five was going to be on DS, but then it, it didn't happen. Uh, and then when Metroid prime three came out, there is this like kind of an Easter egg in the game where if you scan this one computer, it sa- it ha- it's the thing it says about the computer is something like Project Dread is near completion uh, or is in its final stages of completion, which everyone read as, oh, they're hinting at Metroid Dread. It's going to happen. And, when you know, was this? this was like this was like 2007. Now, oh, I want to wow. say when Metroid Prime 3 came out, it might have been 08. It was 07 or 08. And then that was the last 
time we ever heard Nintendo say anything about Dread, now it's been, you know, now it's been 12 more years after that. And I, I just think it's really cool, though, that now that we finally, finally have Metroid 5 coming out, a new 2D Metroid game, uh, that they actually did stick with the name Metroid Dread. I'm actually um, pretty yeah. disappointed that I never followed through on learning the Metroid series because I feel like it would have helped me a lot of tr now trying to get through Castlevania and all that. But, I mean, when I was a kid, one of my first games ever was Metroid uh, 2, The Return of Samus on Game Boy, which, mm -hmm. first of all, it's pretty fucking cool that the way that Nintendo played the Metroid series. Because they, they got it everywhere, and those games are like the sequel it's not the game boy version of the sequel it's the sequel so you have the 8-bit on nes you have the game boy doing the sequel and the super nintendo doing that sequel and then the game boy advance being the optimal platform for that kind of game so it's the sequel there and now they're announcing that it's a 2d metroid and it's gonna be on switch which is really fucking cool it's it's crazy that it took this long but you know uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm happy to hear about it. It's just I, I wish I got into Metroid a little bit more. Yeah, I, I love the Metroid series. It, it, it's one of my favorite series. Uh, I, I do have some gripes about what they've done with it um, in a certain window, you know? Like, I wasn't a, a huge fan. I actually wasn't a huge fan of Fusion. Uh, and then also, like, Zero Mission is half and half where like it's half genius half kind of stuff i don't like you know and i'm like eh. and then uh prime three i wasn't a fan of you know but besides those three um which all are kind of in a window together like per like pretty close in the timeline to each other um besides that i've really really liked the series one thing to say about dread is uh recently on 3ds nintendo did make a um a remake of Metroid 2. Uh, it, it was actually outsourced. The development was outsourced to a company called Mercury Steam. They're the same company that made Castlevania Lords of Shadow, uh, as well as the 3DS Lords of Shadow game mm. that I heard was really good, but I haven't played. Because um, Lords of Shadow was like a God of War ripoff. No, I shouldn't. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say ripoff. I, I meant a, to say... It was basically that, yeah. It was very inspired by God of War. Uh, but the thing is, people are half and half on that. Like, people who just want a God of War action game really like it, you know? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, but uh, this, they fucked the story up bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then they're, right, and then there are people who really don't like it. Uh, but that same company, though, um, they made, uh, Nintendo had them make the remake of Metroid 2, which is on 3DS, and I really liked that. It, it's... It takes the series in a interesting direction where it's it's 2D again, uh, but it has a little bit more like um, up close action to it, uh, where you have a parry in the game as kind of the biggest thing. Mm. So there are enemies that will try to strike you by shooting at you, you know, just like in Metroid. But in this game, you have the option to like parry them. And then that puts you in, like, slow-mo in a cool pose to shoot him, uh, which is interesting for Metroid. I, I like it. 
Uh, I'm also a fan of other M's gameplay, though. So I, I like the style of Metroid where Samus is like wrestling with the monsters a little bit and doing flips onto their backs and shooting them in the head point blank and stuff like that. I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wish um, I had just a more like I, I don't have any experience. I have no frame of reference with these games. I, I have seen a little bit of Fusion, not Fusion, um, Prime, though, on game. Mm-hmm. I think I played Prime. For about five minutes in a Target on a kiosk. <laughs> oh, I I did also. I remember playing Metroid yeah. Prime at Target. Yeah, going to the station and you have to like shoot the targets to open the door. Yeah, that's pretty. And fun. I was, oh man, I that was so mind blowing to me when uh, when that first came out. Yeah, I thought that's the direction they were going to be taking Metroid in forever, and I think a lot of people are disappointed that they aren't because well, they made a Prime too, right? Yeah, and but a Prime 3, and they're making a Prime 4. Oh, I, I thought they stopped after 2. I didn't even know there was a 3. Well, so Prime 3, I didn't like as much personally, but Prime 2 is like the best one hmm. uh, as far as the that trilogy goes. Um, they are, they're, and now they're working on a Prime 4 for Switch. That's uh, cool. Interesting thing about Prime 4, though, they actually announced Prime 4 at like the the switches launch e3 i feel like like as early as the switch was out they announced metroid prime 4 and then like two years later nintendo released a little video saying oh but bandai namco was making it was the thing they had they were having bandai namco doing the development of it and i was really worried right i was like i don't know about this uh you know, Retro Studios has been making Prime, and they were doing a good job, uh, hmm. besides my dislike of 3, but that's kind of for other reasons. Um, anyway, but then like two years after the announcement, Nintendo released a short little video saying, ah, you know, uh, unfortunately, the development with Bandai Namco is not going very well. Uh, we're going to have Retro Studios take over development. And also, by the way, they're like basically starting from scratch. Uh, so, so yeah, they kind of started over. Sounds like um, Final Fantasy Remake when, they, uh, when, when Sony took it over from CyberConnect 2. Yeah, I forgot about that. They had to rebuild the whole game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I, I am not worried about Prime 4 because... The fact that they're willing, like, I I really like that they're willing to just say that they're starting over, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because, like, I don't know, to, to me, it, 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 if, if they're committed to the quality in that way, then I'm so, willing to so wait So now let me it. ask this. If we, now that we know that we're getting Metroid from E3, how long until now do you predict we get another Captain Falcon game, another F-Zero game? Oh, I yeah, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see it next year. You know? What if we got like F Zero Adventures, like you know they did Star Fox Adventures? Mm. <laughs> Dude, I I would kind of love it. Because... If we got like a, a weird ice uh, isometric, like like Captain Quasar esque Captain Falcon like field explorer mission thing. <laughs> yeah, and you know Captain Falcon is such like a fun sick character in Smash Bros and stuff that yeah. you know I feel like he should have more adventures. It's a funny thing about Captain Falcon. I'm getting sidetracked here, but like 
I used to hate Captain Falcon mm. because I only knew him from Smash Bros. And he was that guy that just went doo, 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 as he punched and he <laughs> did his big Falcon punch, you know? And I was like, who is this fucking obnoxious asshole, you know? <laughs> but now, though, now he's like the sickest character. He's like the most fun character to watch people play. And partly it's because of how annoying he is. Now oh, you- it's great. You should see a character I play in King of Fighters named Athena Asamia. That I think I picked her up specifically because of how much she vocalizes her attacks and how high pitched and high school Japanese school girly like she actually because she's like her she's a oh, magical girl yeah. trope so <laughs> and she's a zoner so she's constantly using like fireballs although in that game it's called psycho ball and you just hear psycho ball psycho ball and then like just constantly and then she, like when she just te- even like a teleport in that game teleport <laughs> it's fucking constantly just screaming I love it um that but, sounds like but Captain Falcon shit. does he even like talk in the f-zero games i've never actually played or beaten an f-zero game i don't know yeah i i have no like did his personality develop in smash bros <laughs> well i think there were f-zero there was a manga i want to say oh really okay. so yeah i think i don't know this might be dash talking out his ass again but i think there was a manga okay uh but okay okay well, uh real quick also speaking of other fighting games uh cut Kazuya from uh, Tekken. Yeah. <laughs> He's the new Smash Bros. character. I know. Which I, I only found this out, but <laughs> I didn't see the announcement at all. I just saw a meme po- someone posted on Twitter, which if you know anything about the first Tekken, Kazuya is the ugliest, f- weirdest, most hilariously bad looking character. And like when he wins a match, he gets like this zoom pan into his head and his weird shaped ha- fucking hair, his massive eyebrows that in PS1 graphics, not that flattering. And it's hilarious. And he just, it's just, it's just that, that kill outro. And then, and then the all of a sudden someone green screens out the background and has like the smash victory, like the yellow, like the red explosion of color and everything. And it shows Mario just like sobbing in the window. <laughs> so all I know about him, the trailer was perfect for me because all I know about this character is that at some point in the Tekken timeline, he throws a guy into a volcano apparently. Yeah, uh, I can tell you about that. It's it's not it's not long. It's uh-huh. basically uh, the story of Tekken. The story of Tekken I love because you can condense it down to don't stick your dick in crazy. But essentially, uh, his father Heihachi, um, as uh, when he was training young Kazuya, um, knew in the back of his head that he needed to kill his son because his son was possessed by an evil demon spirit that was also in his wife. But he just saw that he killed his mom, so he's like, "I hate you for life. I'm going to kill you." So you know, as a child, like he threw his own son off a cliff because he's like, eh, if you're strong and whatever, if you're really the demon I think you are, you'll live through this. So he throws his son off after he beats him up in a fight. He survives and he comes back and then he wants to throw Heihachi off a cliff. Anyway, the cliff is like the biggest, (laughs) to the Mishima storyline, the biggest significance. And just, (laughs) I saw a picture of Kazuya just dropping Kirby off the edge of the cliff. (laughs) 
So yeah, so so when I say the trailer was perfect for me is because yeah, all I know about Tekken is that at some point <laughs> someone throws someone into a volcano, and what the trailer was was um, it's like a dark rainy shot, and all you see is Ganondorf from oh, Zelda yeah. being carried right, and you're just like, oh, is this is this gonna be Breath of the Wild too? Someone's just <laughs> carrying Ganondorf. And then the camera zooms out and it brightens up and it's Kazuya holding Ganondorf and tosses him into the volcano. That's actually fantastic. <laughs> it's so good. Um, you know, it, it's so funny the way that like they do such a good job with the Smash Bros. character reveals where like it's always kind of a surprise, you know. Um, but then Nicole made kind of a funny point about it, which is that uh, for most people, it's kind of a, a disappointing surprise, though. As in, like, most people start to see the trailer and they're like, what is this cool-looking thing? Surprise! It's just another Smash Bros. <laughs> DLC! Hey, and it's, like, it's oh. not another person with a sword, though. Oh, oh, yeah. For people who are into Smash Bros., it's great. Yeah. Um, but for everyone else, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, uh, I can, I can see funny. that. I mean, I'm not really into Smash Bros., but I, f- I like Tekken. I like Kazuya enough to where that's still cool. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that kind of disappointment, there was an uh, or, or like how that it, it could be that way. There was another just just funny moment to point out in the in the E3 uh, uh, presentation um, when they showed Hihachi a bunch. It went back to uh, uh, Sakurai and his little thing is, is he says, "Wow, this feels like Tekken." Just kidding. Or er, er, uh, no, he says like, "Wow, this feels like Tekken." No, it's Smash Bros. Ultimate, but. <laughs> The way that the the interpreter or the translator said it, like he sounded so genuinely disappointed. <laughs> wow, this feels like Tekken. No, it's Smash Bros. Ultimate. Oh no! Like, it was so was he funny. Pro- was he programmed to sound like that? What happened? <laughs> was know. he told to? Sa- no way. It's really funny. Oh, I man. like. Uh, That's but a anyway, so so they got. So so Metroid Dread, that kind of, that's all I need out of E3, you know. I'm glad I saw Elden Ring and SMT5, but those two things I already knew, we already knew existed. We already knew that those were coming out. Did Metroid you see, Dread um, was like you, a surprise. Did you see the Evil Dead, uh, the new Evil Dead game revealed at Summer no. Game Fest? It was like one or two games behind the Elden Ring reveal. Um, it looks fantastic. Every little bit about it looked like hype. I was I was stoked about it. And uh, then I was talking about it to another streamer, and they were like, uh, I think it was actually Camel. Yeah, Camel. We, I was talking to him, and I was like, that shit looks great. And he's like, the fuck? It's just Dead by Daylight. And I was like, what? It didn't look like Dead by Daylight. But apparently it's just another Apparently, it's another Dead by Daylight game. I, I haven't hmm. even researched it myself. It didn't look like that to me, but apparently that's what it is. And it's just like, okay. <sighs> If that's true, what's kind of disappointing about that is that uh, Dead by Daylight looks like, it actually looks like a really cool game. I've never played it, but I've watched a decent amount of it, and I think it's a fun game to watch. Yeah. And the other thing about it is they just released like a Resident Evil thing for it today. Nemesis, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, you can, so Nemesis is a new killer, mm-hmm. and you can also play as Jill and Leon, Oh. Uh, and so, but on top of that, you know, it's got like, 
It's got people from all kinds of different games in it. It's got like Bill from Left 4 Dead. Is yeah. Um, <laughs> I have and, a few friends who actually stream Dead by Daylight pretty much solely. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill and is so, like nothing like he is in Left 4 Dead. It's weird. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Like also speaking of that, the the Jill I think looks really weird. Mm. And you can get a Claire skin for Jill also. So you can be Jer. Jer, you can be Claire or Jill. Uh, it's just the same character with a different skin, but the Claire also looks really bizarre. Yeah, but like um, these are these are big licenses that go to yeah. the Dead by Daylight devs. It's like, what is Evil Dead gonna have that this game can't do? You know? Right. Kind of what I was getting at is that it's almost like Dead by Daylight is like the horror Smash Bros nowadays. You yeah, know? Like, essentially, it's got so many horror properties in it that it's kind of disappointing to hear another company just trying to make their own thing instead of just licensing to Dead by Daylight, you know? Like, it'd be kind of cool if that game just had, you know, that stuff in it. Um, but maybe not, you know? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. There was that, like, there was that Friday the 13th game that was... That's that, the, the other Friday one, the 13th yeah. was just, like, Dead by Daylight, but it was just Friday the 13th, you know? Exactly. And that was a perfect example of that should have just been in that game. And that's what I'm wondering, like, is that what this Friday the 13th game... It's just so weird, because it didn't... It looked like it was more PvE when I saw the trailer, but apparently mm, okay. it's just PvP. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I do know that they revealed, uh, what is it, Back for Blood or something, I guess? Something like that? Yeah. Um, this, is, this is the best thing I heard about this. So I looked at it. I saw that the developer, I want to say, is Valve, right? It is a Valve game. Uh, yeah, Turtle Rock, which is, I think, part of, I think, part of Valve. A Valve dev team. Okay, so I was like, is the no? What it was? I think I saw that it was on the Source engine. I think. Okay. Maybe, maybe it was Havoc. I can't remember. Either way, it was, it was, it showed that, and I saw the gameplay, and I was like, and I, then I saw the credits, and I was like, this is just Left for Dead. Why didn't they just yeah. call it Left 4 Dead 3? And then someone in, in the Twitch chat I was in at the same time was like, uh, because Valve hates the number three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Val Valve refuses to make a game with the number three in the title. Which is fucking hilarious, um, um, unfortunately. So, yeah. so in, instead of Left 4 Dead 3, we're getting Back for Blood, which I don't know, man. I am super over that kind of game personally. I am too. So, I have no interest no. at all. Yeah. Like the so, first, you know, even sec Left 4 Dead 2, that game did nothing for me. Yeah. Uh, man, when when the first Left 4 Dead th came out, though, Fantastic. I was super into it. Yeah. Like, I was playing the demo before the game came out. Me too. <laughs> like, they, where it was just like the first half of Mercy Hospital, you know? Mm -hmm. I was all over it and then played a ton of the game when it came out. But then, yeah, you know what ended up happening for me was just the fact that Left 4 Dead 2 just came out. Uh, just came out too early, really, where it was like I wasn't, um, I wasn't ready to leave Left 4 Dead One for another game. Same, yet, you know. Same. I think I was still in, wrapped up in it as well. Yeah, and and so it it so I didn't go to Left 4 Dead Two, and then it felt and like then, DLC. But, you know, one of those situations. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it ends up just kind of killing my interest in the in the series, and then I just never really got back into that kind of thing. Um, now, now, yeah, now about, there's. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say now there's back for blood. If if you know people are are into that. How about Metal Slug Tactics? I oh um, 
I did not see that, but I, I tell me about it. Unfortunately, that was right before I caught the trailer. Um, but I saw like screenshots of what it was about, and oh my god, it's legit just like Final Fantasy Tactics, except everything is, you know, kind of comical, um, classic Metal Slug sprites and all that stuff. It's like it. Imagine Metal Slug not being this weird 3D thing, but actually 2D sprites on that kind of tactics-looking look, field. It's pretty good looking. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. I like tactical stuff, and you know, I've actually never played Metal Slug, but I've always thought it looks really oh, cool. Oh man, I'm a big Contra fan, so I would probably really like Metal Slug. But that's an I've interesting thing. To it. I never thought about that. You're a Contra fan. I've never played Contra. I've played mm-hmm. and beaten um, th- the first three Metal Slugs. I haven't played or beaten any of the ones after that. Um, but they're all so fucking good. They're they're so it's such good arcadey fun. It's not too hard. Um, of course, it's just more expensive the worse you are at it. <laughs> but like when you actually go through it, it's fantastic for showing off how the Neo Geo was able to just like show so many smooth, crisp explosions and effects all on on the screen at the same time. Really cool. Um, and it's it's there was like a I think three or four, one of those was basically pushing the the Neo Geo to its limit and had a lot of slowdown. But uh, the ones after that kind of fixed that. But yeah, dude, the the gameplay is kind of what I would imagine Contra to be. You you point forward and you point up. You can shoot anywhere you're pointing, um, and then yeah. you get little upgrades to your weapon. You choose what weapon you want for the best situation. You free you free prisoners and all that such. Uh, there's like booby traps that you can like, you know, secret parts of a level that you can kind of, like, interact with, and that'll get you a whole lot of high score by killing these people over here that you couldn't access otherwise. Okay. Pretty simple stuff, but just so much arcade fun and visually just crazy to look at for the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to play it because, yeah, I mean, it looks like Contra fun and really, really excellent graphics. And that's the um, weird thing kind about of tactics game... is just because it's so different from that kind of gameplay that I'm really curious how this is going to work. And I'm so interested in it because it's a game about shooting. Final Fantasy Tactics maybe had archers, you know? Yeah. This is like everything is guns. So, like, you're going to have to probably utilize cover, go around certain areas in a 3D space. Just, I don't know. I'm excited to play it. Yeah, yeah. To get technical, Final Fantasy Tactics did have guns. Okay. But... I, but I know musketeers. Totally <laughs> I think there were musketeers. Uh, there was. Um, I know chemists could have guns, and then there was a. Uh, oh, there was a hero class. Uh, there was one. There was a character named like Mustadio or something. Engineer that was a machinist. Mediators, uh, and, and he used a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, there there were a few classes that could use them, but that's all. Uh. So uh. I think I'm trying to think of a uh, one other game that I saw. It was um shit. Oh, you know, okay, never mind. You know what I didn't see? And mm. I <laughs> I don't want to go on a tangent, but I just wanted to make a note of it. How come you don't see any like real tried and true like real fishing games anymore? Here's here's fucking Knox with the fishing games again. I have to. Uh, I'm not gonna say why. I'll talk about it in a later episode. But I've been hype on fishing games lately for a certain reason. But I thought about it. It's like 
that one fishing game on Switch that I talked about, which was fucking terrible, it's like the only new fishing game I've heard about. And you, I had to reach to find out about it. So Did weird. Nintendo Labo do anything with fishing? Uh, I feel like there might have been. You'd be the expert on that more than I would. Well, yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> Tell you what, I wanted to buy a Labo real bad just because it's cardboard and it's a weird thing Nintendo did. And I feel like that's just going to be money in the bank. <laughs> Yeah, I I have a Labo set. I got the the VR goggles one, you know. Are they fun? Which like, you know, eh, it's like it's cardboard on my face. <laughs> the kind of the the issue with Switch with the Switch doing VR is that it's not like strapped to your head because it's the Switch in handheld mode, right? So you gotta like have the. Uh, you have to like basically hold it to your face. Yeah. The whole switch. God. Uh, and also the switch's screen is only like 720p. Yeah. It's so when not you split that in half, you know, <laughs> you're using a half a 720p screen for each eye. Uh, it, it, it's 3D, but the pixels are so big that it kind of hurts your face, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Uh. But you know, I you know they did it. <laughs> the bastards did it. Um. But yeah, uh, so so that that's really the the E3 stuff that I saw. I watched uh, Devolver Digital's presentation also because that's always a trip. Um, there was one game that looked really cool on it called Inscription, uh, which I I would just say if you're the kind of person that likes the like the less you know about it the better kind of game, you know that kind of game. Um, the people that made Pony Island are making a game called Inscription that uh, the, the the trailer showed very little of, and I think that that's good because <laughs> it looks like that kind of game that's going to oh. be like, you know, hey, just just play it and you'll and it'll be cool. Trust me, you know, looks like that kind of thing. Yeah, um, there was one game I was trying to remember that I did see uh, that I thought was pretty good. It's just this cute little, almost like. Almost like they're taking the idea of uh, the remake of Link's Awakening. It's called Tunic. You're this cute little fox kind of character in this like little 3D isometric looking world, but it's like a little adventure game. You have a little sword and shield. I, I saw they didn't show very much of the gameplay, but it looked like a cute little graphics uh, adventure thing. Neat. Yeah, it was an indie indie reveal. I, I think. I feel like I've seen that game somewhere. I don't know where it was. Like at I like don't a think Sony this is conference or something. I want to say. Well, yeah, I was gonna say I, when they when they mentioned it, I it they mentioned it and worded it as if this was not the first time it was ever being revealed. Uh, yeah. th- this may just be the first gameplay we're seeing. I don't know. Um, okay. And, and when I was looking at the Summer Games Fest like recap trailer where it showed footage at the end of like all the different things to a montage, etc., it looked like they might have also um, revealed. Was it called Stray? I want to say it's like this. Uh, it was a game that was showed at I want to say State of Play um, a year or two ago, where it was like you are a stray cat with like this little weird technology thing, and all humans are extinct, and you just kind of exist in a world of robots and shit. It looked really yeah. adorable. So I don't know if if that's coming out soon. I'm kind of stoked for that. I do recall what you're talking about there. I remember that one standing out a little bit yeah there there was a sony conference a couple years ago that had a lot of indie stuff like that at it um there was another game where like 
I don't know. It looked like it was like cavemen and you turned into an eagle or something or another uh, that I, I remember catching some people's eyes. Valheim? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, so so that's that's basically the E3 report from me. Uh, Man, I didn't... that wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> well, I only watched Nintendo and Devolver. Oh, uh, okay. So you, you didn't know. see uh, uh, you didn't see fucking goddamn it, Square Enix, right? That's what I'm saying. Is like I tuned into Microsoft or Square Enix for a second, and you it just was couldn't. just like yeah. corporate buzzwords, and I just tuned right out. You know, yeah, that's the kind um, of stuff that makes people wait for the video recap on YouTube later. I, I get that. Right. See, personally, I I know it. I I get why it would bother you, and to a certain extent, it bothers me too. But for the most part, I'm kind of just happy that people are hyping up E3 again. <laughs> I, I understand that. Yes, I do get that. It's just the shit that Microsoft says gets to <laughs> me so badly. When they say they come out on a fucking stage and they say, we've created the most powerful Xbox console ever. <laughs> and it's like, that doesn't fucking mean anything. What, you think that we thought that you made a new Xbox that was less powerful? Like, it doesn't fucking mean anything. Oh, God, sorry. It's Dude, just, oh, it drives me nuts. I just don't want the next, I don't even care what they say. I, they can say all that shit just as long as the next Xbox is not the Xbox One Series X. <laughs> <laughs> like Xbox right, X yeah. Series 1 or some shit like that. Don't continue oh, that trend, please. Do you remember the Xbox One reveal where they were, they're, they're, they're big, like, like Sony did their thing where they were like, check out the PS4. This is the kind of processor it has. It's got this many gigs of video RAM. Here's this really dry presentation of a bunch of particles falling and doing physics and shit with like Mark Cerny up there. And it looked like a fucking stockholder meeting, you know? <laughs> uh, and I was super into that, you know? And then fucking Microsoft comes out and they're like, the Xbox One has two billion <laughs> transistors in it. And it's... <laughs> Yeah, that no one that doesn't mean anything to anyone. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's just yeah, that's a big number. Good job. <laughs> oh god. So we yeah. had to buy twenty million square metric tons of plastic to manufacture the cage. <laughs> yeah, like stuff there, like that. There is there's this level of corporate speak that just really bugs me. Um, and, and a lot of it is that kind of thing where, where you just pick statistics that have really big numbers and tell people like, if you tell me like we have a combined one trillion hours of games played, you know, like, Oh, all the people in the world playing all the games, it was a trillion hours, you know, it's like, uh, okay. Like that kind of it, that kind of thing just does like means absolutely nothing to me, uh, and I I just yeah. feel like Microsoft is the worst about 
about those kinds of things. And like, here's the guys standing on stage with their t-shirts and blazers and they don't know where to put their hands. And they just, and they say those dry fucking speeches, you know, like, that's asking, why I like asking a, a guy who just hopped out of a car at NASCAR and who just won the race. How did you figure that out? How'd you do that? How'd you pull the win this time? Well, well I, I got real fast and we, we ran around town and we got up in front of him and then, man, it's real tiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, that kind of thing. Those dude. interviews, um, yeah. But uh but yeah, so like that that's what that's part of the reason that I like the Nintendo conferences is the way that like they don't do it on a stage in front of an audience and where they're like they like have cues where they wait for the audience reaction and shit. Oh. It's just like <laughs> no, it's people speaking Japanese with uh with a translator on top of them and they do their silly corny little snaps whenever it's time to switch for you the know? nintendo conference um yeah, yeah and they'll like and, and just the little things too like the cultural differences because nintendo's a japanese company so it's like they'll do things like they'll just the way that like i i i really like um well the the way that like the translated sentences are sort of constructed and also just the way that they present information where they'll come out and they'll just say we're sorry but we have nothing to say about this game oh. and then they'll bow and then they'll go on you know I and it's that, like actually. shit like that i really like yeah. yeah it's like hey they're they're not just going to ignore this thing you know they're going to address the thing and then they they yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and they did the, that with Breath of the Wild like last year, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was stuff like that. It's exactly. respectable because it's like you address the elephant in the room, you you diffuse the pressure and you move on to what you can show. Yeah. And so also it just being a, a conference also or a presentation also where they're just kind of corny and stuff, you know, like I just, and and it's lighthearted. I really like that as opposed to feeling like I'm being sold something, which I know Nintendo is selling me something. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's just when it's when it's the just the heavy corporate shit. I, I when they every sentence that they say, I'm yelling at the TV about it's bullshit. You know, I can't stand it. So um, I guess did you catch any of well, you said you didn't catch any of the Bethesda's because of Microsoft. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, like, it was, it was on, and I don't really remember what I saw from So there, it. there was no Elder Scrolls talk, because I feel like we'd be talking okay. about that. It, well, I'm asking you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember Elder Scrolls talk. The only, like, I didn't see the whole thing. The only thing that I remember was that they were still talking about Fallout 76, and I was just really surprised that... That they were still talking about Fallout seventy six. Oh wait, no, that's all 76. I got out of it. I I keep mixing up seventy six with that game that I actually did play, which was Shelter, that Flash game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I would have heard something by now. Not like no doubt if 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 Elder Scrolls six was announced. Yeah, well, it's been announced. Well, but... you know, like gameplay yeah. footage, uh, announcement, you know, release dates, etc. Oh right, right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, also, like they they when when they talked about Elder Scrolls Six, they also mentioned Starfield. All those, you oh, know, that yeah. was like two years ago, I think. Nothing um, from Starfield either, then, huh? Well, not that I know of, but I, you know, I, I I'll have to 
comeback. Uh, I was really that. thinking this E3 was going to have Elder Scrolls news. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have been surprised because, like, with the Microsoft acquisition and stuff, I could see them trying to push yeah, like, that out. This is the quickly. time to Get sell those Xboxes. Get that return on the investment. Yeah. <laughs> this, um, is, this is the time to sell those Xboxes, like, right now. Get people... Like, this is... I mean, it's, it's after the acquisition... PS5 is out. Xbox Series X and S are out. You can get them sometimes, and you know the holidays coming up are only going to be like the the way to hype it up. So unless there's another Bethesda conference before, like maybe like in November, who knows? I mean, I, I really thought this would be when we hear something about Elder Scrolls, and I'm kind of disappointed that I haven't. Yeah, I'm a well, huge yeah. fan of Elder Scrolls since like Morrowind. So yeah, are you now? Yeah. So I I do remember you wearing a Daggerfall shirt the other day. Yeah. Um, um. So I'm a big poser, and I bought that because I saw LGR have that shirt on, and I said that is the sickest fucking design I've seen for a game cover in a long time. And I yeah, looked it was at a it. Cool shirt. Yeah. I I I got that shirt, and I was like, all right, can't be too much of a poser now. Got to play Daggerfall. So I load up Daggerfall, and I go, wow, this is insanely like almost slightly more tolerable than arena <laughs> and, okay yeah and after about 10 minutes i put it down which is an improvement over arena which was about two minutes before i said oh, okay it's like doom but you know like an rpg kind of graphics setup you know hud kind of yeah so then we get to playing and then a, like a rat kills me and i go oh my god I'm never playing this again. This is exactly what happened in RuneScape and why I don't play RuneScape anymore. I, I, I played yeah. it for like 10 minutes, got killed by a rat and said, fuck this. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's tough to say as like, this is going to make both of us sound like posers a little bit as mm. far as like retro gaming goes, where there is a line in retro PC gaming oh, where yeah. I find games very hard to yeah. go back to. Because there's just um, like, there's so many developments in the user experience in like the mid 90s from like, I mean, Doom, you play Doom in like, if you play Doom blind, like you've never played it before and you play it in 2020 or 2021, whatever, um, it's not that hard to adapt to. And I yeah. feel like that was the game that it revolutionized the entire gaming industry. Everything needed to be the Doom killer. What game is going to be better than Doom? Doom established all of that in like one year before. Well, okay, maybe two years before because there's Wolfenstein, right? Wolfenstein isn't great, but it's still pretty damn good. Um, mm -hmm. It's <laughs> You play games right before that, and it's like, oh my god, it's... The game, the kind of games that feel complicated enough to where they're like those games that you want to have a sheet of graphing paper next to you to play, even though you totally don't need it. It's just you feel like you need it because it's that complex. It's I can't get into e even early PC games either, unless they're sim like, it's like simple like platformers or or like explorers. Like there was an old math submarine game I used to play. It was an edutainment game. I don't know. It's really funny that you bring up Doom as the line because so I was recently trying to play Vampire Killer for the MSX, oh, which yeah. the MSX <laughs> was like an old PC style. Uh, it, the MSX, if you don't know, uh, it was one of those old PC console things. I don't even know how to call it, but like, is you know, like Commodore 64 and stuff where 
where it's a keyboard and it's got a cartridge you hook slot it up to on your it. TV too. Yeah. Um, so it's like it is a game console, but it's very PC ish where it has a full keyboard on it. And I shit. would actually go to say um, it's way more of a personal computer, um, but it has console like qualities because the whole idea was it fit that budget. At the time, computer like full ass PCs were so expensive. But this you could buy, have everything basically from a computer and hook it up to your TV so you don't even have to spend the money on a monitor. Like it had composite output, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, so I tried to play Vampire Killer for MSX, which was co-developed at the same time as Castlevania. Basically, the first Castlevania game, uh, they they made two games at once, <laughs> fucking unplayably bad. That uh, and I and I love Castlevania. It's one of my favorite NES games. Um, and Vampire Killer was so bad, I I quit after like an hour and a half. Like, um, I think I was watching you playing it. I was watching you play, and I talked to Minin about it. I was like, "Yeah, man, it it's like Castlevania, except they complicate everything." <laughs> oh God, it's well, uh, and like, and it looks it, worse. It's thing. It's got things in it where, like, in Castlevania, the screen scrolls as you move, but in Vampire Killer, it's tile by tile. So every time you hit the side of the screen, it goes to the next tile. But there are like a bunch of tiles where you go into the next tile, and there's a guy right there that hits you and knocks you back into the previous tile. <laughs> so then you have to walk back in and get hit again. So it's like, okay, okay, I'll go in and I'll just whip him real quick. But no, he has too much health, so he hits you back again. So, okay, all right, I'll just jump over him. So you go back in, and you try to jump over him. But guess what, idiot? In this game, the up button is jump. Jump is up. you got left and right to move left and right, and jump is up. You know what else is up? Going upstairs. And there's a staircase right here, motherfucker. So you're not jumping over this guy. For those who don't know, gonna... staircases are a boss in themselves in the early Castlevania. So if you have to fight with a... If you're already struggling with staircases and you play this... Oh, does it, make, it doesn't let you jump when you're on the stairs, right? Correct. You okay, cannot good. jump on or off of the stairs. So that carries uh, over. That's the same. But still, trying yeah, to get yeah. on the stairs. Ugh. In Rondo of Blood, you can jump on and off of stairs, though, and it's great that oh, you shit. can do that. I don't know. It just makes it feel more fun. But mm -hmm. anyway, anyway, so I'm playing Vampire Killer, and I'm fucking hating it, and the whole time I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm not a real retro gamer. I cannot stand pre-Doom PC games is exactly what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously Doom is a different genre, so it's it's apples and oranges, but the time period, yeah, I, I totally get it. Uh, let me ask you this. How do you feel after having purchased Rondo of Blood knowing now that limited run games is now releasing rondo of blood on the pc engine cd <laughs> yeah yeah so i recently purchased a pc engine and a copy of castlevania rondo of blood the japanese pc engine cd game uh and i i fixed the pc engine because it needed a full recap i did an rgb mod on it and then i played the shit out of rondo of blood and it was excellent and now now pc or uh limited run games is 
doing a physical release of Rondo of Blood for the Turbo CD in English. Um, I don't feel very bad for several reasons. One is that Turbo Graphics is not really any cheaper than a PC engine, right? Turbo Graphics stuff was really expensive when I looked it up. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa! Hang on. So they're not releasing this as a universal like you can play it in a PC Engine CD as well. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how cross compatible or region compatible those things are. I think it's uh, universally known that the Turbo CD didn't sell well in its heyday, so it's incredibly rare to find. So unless you can find a Turbo Duo, like an American Turbo Duo, which are a little bit easier to find as far as I understand. PC Engine is the way bigger install base. So, like, a lot mm-hmm. of people here in the States have PC Engines, like yourself, because of this exact reason. Right. So they're releasing this for the Turbo Duo, or, sorry, the Turbo CD or whatever. Or the, the Turbo Duo, know. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's not any cheaper than a PC Engine. So I'm not losing oh, yeah. out there. Also, um, limited run stuff isn't all that cheap. Right. So no, it's not. I don't think so I don't think that's really all that big of a deal either as far as the money goes there. And then also limited run takes forever to actually give you your product when you buy their thing and I already got the game and played it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so for all these reasons, the only thing is that I had to play it in Japanese, so I don't know what the story is, but hey, I'll play the PC or I'll play the PSP version at some point for that. Yeah, the uh the 3D remakes um I was going to say, yeah, uh, because the value yeah. of the game that you have is probably not going to go anywhere but up still because limited mm-hmm. run games releases do not seem to affect the value of, of what they are, are are there to actually you know provide for everyone because they can't afford the original. But my worry is disc rot and, and making sure that you know that's, that CD still keeps with you for a lot yeah. longer. You keep bringing that up, and my my heart sinks every time oh, you I'm do. I'm sorry. <laughs> the the idea that that all these CD games I have, you know, might not last forever. I think they will, though. I mean, I, like, do you think that in our lifetime, discs are going to stop working? Oh, they already are. Yeah. You think so? Like what? That's the the like like is there a certain system that PC is Engine more prone CD to it? is is yeah. one of the very first ones starting to see it because it's one of the first CD consoles. Um, a lot of the games, it you all you need to do is look at the CD itself, and it like if you see, you know how CDs have that like foil kind of look to them, like they're reflective. If you if you yeah. look through it, like shine, hold it up to a light, and you see maybe tiny little circles that are brighter than the surrounding area, you got disc rot. Um, they're, mm. they're like Sega CD, uh, Sega, even the Sega Saturn games I, I've heard are starting to be, you know, see that I don't think PS one games are nearly as susceptible because of their black actual like design. The, mm, yeah. PS one games are, if you guys haven't looked up the, there's a video called the clever copyright, uh, protection system of the ps1 it's all in how those discs are made it's pretty cool how they work anyway look look that up but i don't think they're seeing as much degradation as other normal cd based things have been but it is happening now and and for someone to spend what it costs to buy that game i'd be in the position right now like if i were you i'm not telling you what to do but if i were you i'd i'd have my enjoyment out of uh of the original as much as i can beat it whatever you want to do after that, me personally, I would sell it 
and then just buy the limited run versions and then play that too because you're probably going to play the game again anyway. It'd be cool to hear it in English. And then that that would just be my copy because up until now, I would I had actually talked about this before. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but Rondo of Blood, there's a company out of Europe called PC Engine Works and they make a really good repro set for Rondo of Blood. They make a collector's edition as well of this repro set. And it's like... I think it's it's pretty reasonable. It's like 60, 70 bucks for like the mid-tier like limited edition, not standard, not collectors. There's a bunch of cool little like unofficial Rondo of Blood like I think there's like a keychain and buttons in there and shit, stickers. It's it's really cool if you're a fan of the game. And you know, before Limited Run announced this, that was the only way that you could buy a not original version of Rondo of Blood. And it was already English patched and translated as the repro. So you can buy it, play it in English. It also has a Japanese copy with it. So you're buying two discs, uh, if I recall correctly. Mm. So it's a really cool thing. But Limited Run Games like straight up attacked them when they tweeted it out. They were like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was Josh, like the, the CEO of or someone else, but they were like, they retweeted the Limited Run Games thing, I think, and they were like, uh, this is an official release, uh, under konami under license because they own the rights to hudson soft which with nec are the ones who made the pc engine stuff so this is an official release licensed under all that not a boot not one of them bootlegs from europe <laughs> now i could be talking about my ass i could be talking about i was talking about my ass this that probably wasn't josh i don't think it was josh i don't think it was anyone it, it might not even anyone anyone from the company and someone just like retweeted it, just said that but i want to say it was someone from the company not not throwing shade i actually love lrg as a company they they do some weird things sometimes that i just can't jive to but like as a company i i fucking love what they do and they're only getting bigger which is actually kind of cool to see because now they're developing their own game engine. Did you see oh, anything about that? No. So I think it was their recent announcement of th- what I'm most excited for, actually, <laughs> aside from the Rondo of Blood thing. This is a limited run showcase release during the E3 times. I don't think they actually had an E3 thing, but this is their time to release stuff as well. They announced Shin Niketsu... Kunio, and then I cannot remember the rest of it, but it's the Japanese version for River City Rampage. Um, the Japanese universe, all those games are connected. Kunio-kun, um, Ricky, and Ricky and Kunio, and then uh, their two girlfriends, which are in River City Girls, as who you play with. They are re-releasing this game, which was a Super Famicom game, um, and it's the first time this game has ever been patched to English, and it's the first appearance ever of, um, God damn it, I played the game, Ky- Kyoko and something, I can't remember the two protagonist girls' names, but they're fun to play. Um, and this is their first appearance ever in the universe. So they're using this new engine that Limited Run Games has been working on. Uh, I don't know if they're the one, only ones developing it or not, but they have been working on this specifically to attract partners to go, hey, um, you know, if you want, we can make a limited run physical print of this, but you know, you're going to have to figure out how to get the emulation to work and all that stuff. But now if they have a, a global engine that can be used to port, say super Famicom games, Game Boy Advance games, super Nintendo games, whole bunch of all their stuff that this emulator apparently does really well. 
and it's specifically made to port to modern consoles like PS4, Switch, PS5, etc. So I think that's how they kind of are getting these awesome licenses uh, where other companies like Super Rare Games who they did something else. They took their company in another direction uh, recently. We won't talk about that right now, but the, all these other like limited run games kind of games, like they don't have access to it. Now they're even going to be further back behind the game when they can attract partners specifically when they have a, an engine to, to run their games on. So yeah, I don't gotcha. know. That so made me not stoked. like they're making a game engine where people develop new games for necessarily. You're talking about like an easier way for companies to port old games. I haven't looked into it a whole lot, but I think that's the gist, yeah. Okay. So back to the disc rot thing, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you think perhaps that uh, the the discs that are currently having issues, could it be like a storage thing, right? Like, were they in a super humid environment? Or I'm sure that doesn't help, yeah. I that mean, kind of thing? I think if you take you know good care of your discs, and the most important thing is leave them in their case, outside of the sun any kind of ultraviolet light i'm sure is not great for them i'm not a scientist so i don't know but i would say the better you take care of it i'm sure the less susceptible you are Mm -hmm. but then you know some of it's just down to chemical composition of the disc when they were made like audio discs back then and that is what they were mostly used for the cd games you know they, they were there to provide way better audio than the console could provide um Audio discs back then, you know, they were a sort of new thing, sort of. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure the, the, the techniques and, and technology has been refined a bit since then. So I'm sure modern discs will probably have a little bit more of a shelf life. But the fact that we know that games from less than 30 years ago are already experiencing it, I don't know. I, I can't say for sure. Sure, sure. All right. Well, um, yeah, that's about. Uh, uh, so let me try to rethread what we were talking about, because we got on this because I was talking about Vampire Killer, because we were talking about old Elder Scrolls games, because we were talking about Bethesda E3. Yeah. So. Um, oh, yeah. And I was going to say, as far as far as both of these things go, I'm complaining about Vampire Killer. You're complaining about old Elder Scrolls. Oh, old Elder Scrolls, uh, that's the thing about our mutual friend Minin, who's like the true retro gamer. Oh, absolutely. Where he, he played through Elder Scrolls Arena and Daggerfall and Vampire Killer. He beat Vampire Killer. <laughs> yeah, I watched him go uh, through... Uh, I watched him go through Daggerfall and Morrowind, and that dude had stamina and patience for that game like I do not possess. Yeah, yeah. I think he beat uh, System Shock, not the Enhanced Edition, like the old one where you have to like click and drag on the screen to turn your character and shit like that. I've never even heard of System. Well, I've heard of System Shock, but I've never seen it. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was. Um, I think I disappointed a lot of people when I I wasn't a big fan of it when I when I tried it. Uh, but, <laughs> I felt like I know, disappointed cause... a lot of people when I played Dark Souls. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was having a great time when you were playing Dark Souls. Oh, that's it good. It was the, it was the, nah, that's the experience. <laughs> oh, of just hating everything for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I figured, but like, I don't know, man. Dark Souls, it was not so a bad is, game. This is fun. 
you played Dark Souls for the first time less than a week ago. Yeah. And you never played Demon Souls. Never played Demon Souls, never played Bloodborne, never played even Kingsfield or Shadow Tower. So, so, so this was day one. Run me through it. Oh, I was uh, only there for part of it. Oh, well, I go, uh, what character should I be? I kind of like at least starting out with sword and board because I've always been a tank kind of character in MMO games. So I go sword and board, whatever. Let's see if I can just be a defensive armor wearer. And uh, I wanted to be like a paladin so I could just have healing spells, etc. All right, so I just do that. And then I go in and then it took me about four or five tries on the boss just to figure out what a lunge shot was. And I didn't know it was as simple as attack while you're falling. I was like, oh, I thought it was some complex input, but no. Um, the the very same boss, it took me a minute to realize that I have to skip at the very first time I see him because there's a door and he's like impossible to kill with the broken sword you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they give that to you. Now, it, as far as the, the plunging attack goes, pretty sure the game's exact wording is... R1 while falling. <laughs> so I don't know what the game's text was or mm -hmm. what other players' text was because there's shit on the floor that you read and some of it's just weird cryptic shit and people in my chat told me, oh yeah, people can like leave messages on the ground. So like what you see is just kind of what people left around and I was like, oh, I guess people left me hints on how to play the game in very mm -hmm. weird poorly obscured very vague ways <laughs> so yeah. uh, like it was like beware of behind and it was like oh cool uh, hey <laughs> then there's like some zombies just like hanging on the wall just like oh you don't see me i was gonna come up and attack you as you walk past and you just hit him off and that's cool and then i saw the lunge shot and i i just i just didn't quite put together what it was trying to tell me or at that time you know Actually, the first time I go, I, I'm sitting on a ledge because that's what you do. You jump off a ledge and you lunge into an attack him and you get a big damage bonus and then the fight starts. But for me, I just walked out on the ledge. I was like, hey, that's where like the boss is, right? And I'm looking around. I was like, where's the boss? And you look down and it's like, oh. And he's just, it's funny because you're looking down at him and he's looking right the fuck up at you. Like literally just face like... I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, he can't get me up here. And then one second later, just like throws a whip attack right up at where I'm standing. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, he breaks the thing that you're standing yeah. on and you fall down into the that. Hey, that same thing happened to me where I walked in there the first time and was just like, huh, you know, and, and took a minute to just kind of look around the room and look down at him and just kind of wonder, like, the moment that the the thought enters your head, it's one of those things that works out perfectly, where it's like, I look down at him, and just as I start to wonder if he can get me up there, he just jumps up and hits me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my first experience. It was great. Um, uh, yeah, that part was fun, but pretty much everything else was just overly tedious. And it took me a long time actually trying to adjust to the controls of the game um, because for some reason, man, I died to that boss probably two times because on my last bit of HP and his, I, I went to attack and I hit square because to me, mm -hmm. that's the attack button. But in this game, no, it's R1, R2 as if it's a first person shooter game or something and L1, L2 for your left hand, aka shield, etc. Um, yeah. When I was doing that, it felt so unnatural. Um, something 
like a PS4 trigger button, which is almost designed to simulate analog of having pressure sensitivity um, and like different data points of what it can do. Makes no sense to me whatsoever as something that should be relegated to one button, which is, I'm going to swing this huge fucking thing for a second here. Watch out. Why does that have to be a metered input? Do you know what I'm saying? And that's just the heavy attack, so I get it. The light attack is R1, which is, you know, a button. That was, you know, that was fine. But, like, the fact that it's all up away from me, um, and I, I, I don't think this has anything to do with it, but... Think about it from the terms of a fighting game controller perspective, which is you got your four face buttons, X, circle, triangle, square, and then you got R1, R2. That's heavy punch, heavy kick in, in Street Fighter terminology. So all of my attacks are on the heavy spectrum of me holding this PS4 controller, even though one's light. So it's like all these other buttons don't, really do anything except for oh this toggles through my inventory and my quick launch and uh this uses the thing on my quick launch and this thing over here just makes my character go oh <laughs> like like fucking straight from odd world i hated it the controls i i was telling like people told me that game is made for controller and when i played it i was like fucking how <laughs> because when i was the whole <laughs> time i was playing it, i was like i need a keyboard and a mouse really bad like, so, yeah, it's interesting to hear the perspective from a fighting game uh, player, because the way I kind of see it is the reason that they use the shoulder buttons. Firstly, L2 and R2 don't matter that they're metered, because I don't think that any action in the game would make sense with an analog input besides your analog stick movement, you know? I don't think any other thing in the game could be informed by pressing it more or less. Um but so, yeah, the, the idea, though, is that you have something equipped in your left hand and you have something equipped in your right hand. And so L1 and L2 is action one and action two with my left handed item. And R1 and R2 is action one and action two with my right handed item. And now I can see where a fighting game player would say, yeah, uh, tri- square and triangle are left hand weak and light, and X and circle are right hand weak and light. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And everyone else is like, what the fuck are you talking about? That sounds like the dumbest thing ever, right? So <laughs> so I think that's the idea, though, is that so, so the shoulder buttons are left and right hands. Yep. And then your other actions are things like dodge roll or confirm and select and, and like with menu controls or like use an item. And those things to me sound really awkward to put on shoulder buttons personally. It was even um, more awkward doing complex execution things. Like there's an attack which is the only way you can jump in the game as far as I know. Um, wait, no, we did find out there's a way to jump. But it's like this weird complex stick input to do this it's like you have to take the stick and twitch it up twice before you do your light attack and that will make you do your jump attack and it's so you have to be so careful with it because the way that it changes your direction while you're attacking or before you have to plan it out if you're remotely near a cliff you might just dive right off yeah, the jumping attack is awkward. I'll give you that. Right. It, there's nothing about doing it twice. It's just like 
if you if when you hit the power attack, if you had just thrust your left stick forward, so it's kind of one action, ba boom, you know, forward R two, then you'll do a jumping attack. Yeah, right? I, tr- and I tried that. that. <laughs> I had to yeah, hit and- confirm it with two every time. I don't know why. Oh, interesting. And if you do it with the with the weak attack, then that's how you do like the kick. Uh, yeah, the kick. That's but. Right. Uh, but yeah, um, That's so, so bizarre I, to me. <laughs> you know, I I definitely get what you mean because, like, you know, I played God of War and I played lots of other. I played every other video game where where your square and triangle is your light and heavy attack and that kind of thing. But uh, I, you know, once you get used to the Souls control style, I think I, I couldn't have it any other way. Uh, Not even on reason, mouse and keyboard. No, I I would wow. hate it with mouse and keyboard. That's so weird. Um, why? Why, why yeah. do you say that? What do you uh, think wouldn't be, translate? I think specifically the fact that it, it, it's the it's the um, the way that I would imagine it would be that your left click would be your attack, mm-hmm. and your right click would be your shield, shield, right? But then, where does heavy attack and parry go? Hold click. Hold, what is hold? Uh, like hold shift? like no 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 like when you click, don't unclick like hold it. Oh, I hate that idea because then what that means is that so okay so you're programming the game right, and so that would mean that let's say you have to hold the click for ten frames in order for it to register. Okay, you've held it now. You know what I mean? There needs to be a certain amount of time that the game waits to determine whether you have tapped or held it right. Which means that, so if you want to do a heavy attack, you have to click and hold, and there is 10 frames of input delay before the game registers, oh, that's a hold. Or, if you want to do a regular quick attack, it won't register it until you release, so that they know you didn't hold it. You know what I mean? You know, they could just make it the God of War route, and make it so your heavy attack is an auto third attack after you do your one, two, and then whoop, third. I don't want to get too. Though. I don't want to get too con- contrarian here, but uh, that's not how God of War works. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since. Unless I played you it. mean the new God of War. Uh, I meant any God of War where you hit square, 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 and then like all of a sudden your last attack is like your power attack. Nah, dog. Triangle was uh, triangle power was your attack in yeah, that game. Triangle was your power attack, but I specifically remember it square, square, square being like an auto combo where there is a heavy attack at the end. There's something, sure, but yeah, but if you if you go square, 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 triangle instead of six squares, then it does like the then you knock him up in the air, then you stay in the air for five minutes, (laughs) does a little slow mo for a second, you know, it's pretty sweet. Anyway, point is, point is, I gotta have a controller for Souls because of that concept of my left-handed item has two things that it does, and my right-handed item has two things that it does, and I need, I, I want all of those available while I'm moving my character and moving the camera. Here's another thing I hated. So, mm-hmm. this is, the fact that it's on a metered, you know, stick, parry L2, um serves no purpose whatsoever unless you have the timing right because that's generally how parries work so if you were to put that on a mouse it would just be the same as holding it up your holding up your guard except if you did it at the right time as in the same timing of the game it would just auto parry does that make sense so 
That's actually how Sekiro works. That's how fighting games work. (laughs) So that's why I was like, well, it's not that hard to map this out properly, even on a keyboard and mouse. The reason that it's not like that in Dark Souls, though, is it's supposed to be more risk-reward. If you fail a parry, you get hit instead of you just regular blocked it. Oh, so the game is just hard for the sake of being hard. (laughs) No, no. Parry is risk-reward. If you don't want to take the risk, then you just block. Well, yeah, you can do that, but like... You, there's always a reward involved in parrying, and usually the reward is you now have a leg up on your opponent for almost a free attack. There's always yeah. that reward, but like you're saying it's that way in Dark Souls specifically, so it's, it hurts more when it gets punished? Um, No, I think that it is a way for a more experienced player to kind of get through things quick, uh, more quickly. Um, like for me, honestly, I do a lot more parrying early game when I'm kind of weak and the enemies, you know, I have to like the, the fight goes where, all right, I'm waiting for them to attack their attack. And so I block it or I dodge it and then blah, counterattack, blah, counterattack, blah. And now they're dead. You know, if you're really experienced, boom, you parry them, you do your one counter and they're dead, you know? So it saves you a little bit of time, but then as your character gets more powerful and you start kind of one-shotting things more, then I naturally start to parry less. Mm. That's just me, though. Um, So you just have a strat uh, for it, though. But yeah, I'm saying that uh, parries are, you know, they're they're optional. Get this, though. You're complaining about the metered connect uh, uh, buttons? That's also just the controller that you're using. I play with a Nintendo Switch Pro controller. That doesn't have analog R2 and L2. Well, I bought it. I bought it for for PS4 because I was just, I heard that's the best way to do it. Oh, right. Sorry, I assumed it was on PC. Oh, yeah, no. I, 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 Especially because you're talking about wanting to use a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, well, people told me the game was made for a controller. I was like, okay, I guess I'll get it for a PS4, but mostly because if I was going to stream it, I knew it'd be better for my console to run it while I'm streaming with my PC anyway, just uh, as you. a matter of not wanting to affect performance and such. But Well, that and I get to own it physically. And it was cheapest physically at GameStop, actually. I only paid about 19 bucks, I think. It is true. It is true that you get a physical one then. But yeah, um, so yeah, you know, I, I think uh, uh, I, I, it's, it's fun to hear. And it, it was definitely fun to watch. Mm. And I think uh, I, I have faith that if you, if you played it a little bit more and you just get used to those controls, I think... Uh, I'm not done yeah. with Dark Souls, You'll but like it. I'm not oh, yeah. interested in Dark Souls. I'll put it that way. Oh, sure. sure. I, I will play it more because I'm always I'm, I'm the person that will try anything twice because I know there's always a first bad impression for some things. And I've, I mean, Dark Souls is one of those games where you have to get used to the difficulty to really judge it, I think. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in that zone. But yeah, um, and it it's definitely one of those games, too, where I, I can understand where it's like day one. It's so, especially those games, they're very overwhelming. The wall, uh, the, the, yeah, like the, the skill ceiling, the wall is, is, is right at your door right, as soon as you start the game. So The learning curve. Yeah, yeah. the learning curve. It's, you, get, you get hit right in the face with it, Yeah, which I like. so much. Firstly, it's, yeah, because it's like all the enemies, they kill you so fast. So you're like, fuck. Also, you're trying to figure out this new control scheme that you've never used before. 
also you're in this open world that you don't really know you have like three different ways to go and you don't know which way is the right way the enemies everywhere are really hard and you're like trying to build this in your head like like take notes of all these different places you can go and figure out which one also there's like a story that's being told to you and you're trying to figure out this new story also you've got fucking twitch chat in your ear <laughs> why yeah. why are you using the shield Knox? like you know uh, I was gonna use two shields. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've got all this shit going on day one, and I think it's a lot nicer just for your brain, right? To like, yeah, oh, yeah play go to sleep. Go to sleep. I was gonna say, oh. <laughs> and then come, and then come back another day, and like now when you sit down, you're like, all right, I've got an idea of all those day one things, and now you can really start to kind of figure things out a little bit more. And you know, and if that doesn't work, then day three will be better. I think it's one of those games where the it, you definitely need to play it some offline, just because you need to be fully immersed in trying to learn it a little bit better. Like a lot of fighting games, uh, I'll just do. I'll be mad if I'm playing another streamer. It's because I'll just do so much better than I was when I was not on like streaming it myself. Cause there's so much less, so much less to distract me when I'm just, you know, by myself. So I feel like I need to do that with dark souls. I'm just not, I, I don't know when I'm gonna, I'll, I'll try it again as a different class or something. Reroll. Sure. Um, but it's something I, I think I just need to spend a little time with. But speaking of spending a little time with, it seems like you've had at least a week to spend time with ratchet and clank. Yeah. I got Ratchet and Clank Drift Apart for PS5, and uh, it's a mixed bag. Real quick, um, I, I can hear you, but I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick if that's okay. Sure, yeah. So, uh, it, if you guys... Did you... um? Did you get quiet there? <laughs> I just noticed like your audio cut. Yeah, I don't hear you. Okay, whoops. I, okay. I kicked my keyboard, and I guess I muted myself. Okay, good. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, as I was saying, I, I don't know. Uh, I've never mentioned the fact that I have a YouTube channel on the podcast because I never upload to it. But if you know about my YouTube channel, you might have seen my review for the Ratchet & Clank remake for the PS4, which, in my opinion, was very bad, and I really didn't like it. Um. Ratchet, to, to give you the two-second wrap-up of why, um, I thought that they uh, totally ruined the story of the first game and made it extremely boring. Like, instead of being a game where two characters meet each other and they have things that they fight about and they have things that they agree on and they have two different goals that they have in the game which at some point conflict with each other and so they kind of fight uh, but then their goals align and then they have an arc and all this. It's this wonderful story about Ratchet and Clank and their little adventure, you know? And the remake, like, throws all that out the window and it is this extreme extremely boring story where nothing happens and they're just best friends from the start um on top of that i thought the controls were very bad because of the way that it like tried to turn it into a th third person shooter instead of a platformer uh but like it, the controls were extremely sluggish uh with no sensitivity options or anything 
And then also it was 30 FPS, which they've fixed now. I guess if you play it on, I guess if you play it on PS5, it's 60 now. So great, you know, cool, I guess. Um, and then on top of that, also, it really just felt like a it, like it was a movie tie-in game is the problem. They made a Ratchet and Clank movie, and then this remake was actually not really just a Ratchet and Clank wait, remake. Wait. It was a movie tie-in. Uh, I want to go back just a quick second. So you said uh -huh. they kind of essentially fucked up the story of Ratchet and Clank and just said they were best friends all the time. What was the need for that revisionism? I, I don't know. Like, it's it's very bizarre. I, I It's like, I, I think it's because they wanted the story to be about, like, these galactic rangers and Ratchet wanting to be with them. Uh, but, yeah, for and, and so the idea of that, like, took over the part where they meet. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like... I, I don't know what the reason was. Well, I um, guess I don't want to get any spoilers and for people who haven't played it, but like this new uh, female character they just added, like is it? I, I don't want to know what the story. Well, hang is, on, but... I'm talking about the remake still. Okay, I'm hang talking on. about yeah, what... the pre the the PS4 game. They remade the original Ratchet and Clank. Yes, I didn't know that for PS4, like six years ago or something. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. So I have a, I, I have a thorough review for it on my, on my YouTube channel. Uh, and I'm going through the keynotes real quick just to get you caught up on my, on my opinion of Ratchet and Clank currently. Um, first of all, I loved the PS2 trilogy. Those games were amazing and I played them as they came out and they were all great. Um, so yeah, I really did not like the remake, uh, for all of those reasons that I mentioned. I feel like there was one more thing. Oh yeah, the fact that it was like, it just really felt like a movie tie-in game where like the, um, there were parts where they took like parts of the movie and put it into the game and those parts were really gorgeous FMV cutscenes, you know, but then the actual in-game cutscenes was like fucking like Mass Effect or like Horizon type <laughs> stuff where like the characters are just super wooden and just stand there still and talk uh, and it was and it's just super, super boring. Um, so, yeah, I had all these issues with the remake. Okay? When did they make a movie? About six years ago. Like, was it in theaters? Yeah. Whoa, really? I never knew yeah, this. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. I, you I, know, know I just played it. the game and hated it. <laughs> uh, okay, so now, though, now on PS5, we got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. It's not a remake. It's the next Ratchet and Clank game. And it is better than the remake. So that's why I wanted to go through all that is to say that this one is better than the remake. I'm gonna bitch about it, but it's better. Um, it's So overall, I think it's a very janky game. It's a game where pretty most of my issues with it are nitpicks, but like there is constantly something to nitpick. <laughs> Every... Every second of the game, something is happening that's nitpickable. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and one issue is kind of what I brushed on a moment ago. I think my biggest issue and what I wouldn't call a nitpick, the thing that I do loathe about the game is the controls. Where 
this is so Ratchet and Clank is a 3D platformer, but you get a bunch of kooky weapons, mm. right? And you do a lot of shooting in the game. And in the old Ratchet and Clanks, it controlled like a 3D platformer where you ran your guy around and you could jump. And then when you pressed the shoot button, you'd shoot a gun, right? Uh, and you could strafe, not in the first one, but in the second, third one, you could strafe, which then you could get into like little shootery parts where. You know, if you pointed your ratchet forward and you strafed, then you could be like shooting your gun while you ran side to side and jumped oh, yeah, and that yeah. kind of stuff. And the game kind of auto aimed at different <clears throat> enemies and that kind of thing. And then you could, like in Metal Gear Solid, go in first person, right? You could like hold down a button to go first person to do precise aiming if you wanted, you know? But mostly it was a platformer that had this shooting in it with some auto aim. Problem with the remake and with Rift Apart is that they want it to be they, they're like they, they're doing more shooter with it. Where now, when the game thinks that you're in combat, it's like the camera doesn't feel like a camera anymore. It feels like there is it is a third person shooter where there is always a reticle on the screen that's just invisible unless you're in combat, right? But when you move the combat or when you move the camera, it always feels like you're just aiming a reticle around. Hmm. It's hard to explain, but it's ve- it makes it feel very stiff, you know, for a game where you're supposed to be like platforming. Yeah. Um, and then the problem with it, the real issue is that when you are in combat, like when there are hostiles around, the game goes into like combat mode where you no longer have free movement with your character and rather you're strafing. Uh, so, so let it me give a you a shoot em up. Uh, it be- it's totally a third person shooter, right? In those sequences. And the problem with it, though, is that there's a lot of enemies that like swarm you, a lot of little enemies that swarm you a lot of the time. And in the old games, there was stuff like there was a flamethrower. Yeah, I was just about to say the right? flamethrower just to deal with it, yeah. Yeah, you would grab the flamethrower and you could like spin in circles shooting a flamethrower around. But in this game, when you shoot, it always points your character forward at where the camera's facing and shoots at a reticle. Oh. So you no longer have the ability to very quickly deal with little guys like that. You have to kite them and shoot them forward. You know what I mean? And it feels terrible to do that. Why would they have gotten rid of that old feature? Yeah, I don't know. It, I hate how it feels. And and the game has a lot of options in like the controls and stuff. And I have looked through all of it, and there is not an option to to change it. This is still Insomniac um, Games, right? Yeah, because I'm I think ki- the re- I think the remake might have been done by a different company, but this one is Insomniac. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because like Insomniac, the reason I gave Ratchet and Clank a chance when it was brand new and first came out was because I loved Spyro so much and mm-hmm. Spyro the Dragon is like that I mean I played that so much as a kid so I was like right, yeah I gotta see what they did next so I played it and the whole game what felt great it felt like the logical progression for a company like them to do with a new you know new IP um, and then when I played the remake of Spyro, the Reignited Trilogy. I want to say that was made by Toys for Bob. 
I don't think that was Insomniac Games that made that. Um, and I was not a fan of that game in almost any way. I love the extra mm. content they added. I didn't, I didn't buy it, but I played it. And I didn't buy it because I really didn't like the way the game looked compared to the original. Um, but I played it for a little bit. I played the skateboard park that you go through as like a bonus mini game. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that actually didn't handle too bad compared to the original. Like, there, there's definitely some quality of life improvements because obviously it's three or four generations later. But when I saw how Toys for Bob handled Spyro, I was like, how could how would Insomniac make that today? Is that I mean, obviously with Ratchet and Clank, there's a lot more mechanics involved with you know another whole half of your character um, being a little robot dude Clank, but the. The idea that I I don't know, man. I, the it seems like they they didn't. I I can't judge it because I didn't play it. But what what's your okay. overall impression of it? Like compared as a Ratchet and Clank game, bar none. Well, let's go. Let's move on. So uh, to, f- with with my nitpicks here. Okay. Um, because we'll get there. Uh, so so as a shooter, yeah, I I I really. Well, I, I don't like the change in controls that they made to move it towards a shooter. Right. But at least for the parts, though, where it does work, you know, when you are against enemies that feel a bit more fun to shoot in the shooter way, uh, like when it's not a swarm of little guys, but rather, you know, parts where you're going through a place and there's big guys to shoot and it's relatively straightforward so you're not having to deal with shit behind you that you can't see because of the camera's perspective and it takes fucking 10 seconds to turn your character around. Um, besides <laughs> when that's going on, it feels okay, but what I keep thinking is, man, as far as a third-person shooter goes, I just played 150 hours of Returnal and that felt so much better you know as far like controls wise so it's even when the shooting feels decent it does not feel as good as that game i would say Uh, ratchet and clank never felt too much like obviously they're shooting but like it it never felt as much of a shooter as more it felt just like a platformer and so this is this is the first ratchet and clank that you're saying kind of just feels way more geared to be a shooter than yeah, and so that's kind of my issue, is that they've made it much more of a shooter, but the controls you ever play are Oni? not as good. Uh, no, that was a Rockstar game, right? Bungie. It was a Bungie game, actually. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, It was... That's kind of what I feel like. It was very awkward. It was a third-person shooter game, Um. And like your main pistol had a laser sight and you could actually show where your laser sight is to aim and all that stuff. So it was, it was cool for that. But like there was definitely no complex. Uh, let me turn around and just keep holding the fire button and I'll just fire in a circle. There, there was there was no it was all just run and gun. And you had to kite actually a lot of enemies to get behind the cover that you were hiding behind, etc kind of reminds me of that clunky kind of feel the way you say it because when you said that it feels like a little bit more of a shooter i was like so it's a 3d platformer in a shoot 'em up space so it sounds a lot like returnal and you're saying it's much better <laughs> returnal is much better so yeah returnal controls so much better on the shooting so mm-hmm. here's the thing though it is still ratchet and clank it's got a lot of 3d platforming in it also 
However, the 3D platforming feel that's where like it feels really janky. Where like the levels are not very open and it does not feel like you ever really have any creativity in how you do the platforming. It's all like very this is how you do it. Not a lot of and level you, exploration then. Yeah, and if you ever stray from the path like it's just when you play games like Mario 64 and Mario Odyssey, like everything is climbable, you know? Like like the level geometry is all part of the level design, right? And you can you can jump onto stuff and climb around on stuff. And in this game, if you try to interact with anything that's not like the direct path, there's just like weird, huge, invisible walls all over the place and like just spots where your character gets weirdly stuck, you know, or like stuck in a fall. You try to jump onto this thing, but oh, it turns out there's an invisible wall and then you fall onto a spot where your character is suspended in the falling animation for five seconds and then they get pinched somehow (laughs) like in Sonic the Hedgehog you take damage from getting pinched out of it it's just like what the fuck I just tried to jump on this box sorry the box was in the corner you know like uh, so that happens a lot (laughs) yeah like the platforming is just super janky and then there's just a lot of stuff that uh, I I feel like uh, is is just weird where like there will be a platform you know five feet underneath where you are and you're like i'm gonna jump down to that platform and see what that is oh you i fell to my death you know because it turns out that that's not part of the level uh and like that kind of thing like all the 3d platforming feels just janky as fuck until unless unless you're doing exactly what they want you to do so there's parts where like you you use a slingshot and then there's like some wall running sections where there's walls that you can run on they gave you a dash which is just like the returnal dash uh where where you hit circle and you can air dash you know that stuff it's pretty fun to do you know those things if you but it's the thing though where it's like it's like they set up a little obstacle course for you and you do like a cool platforming thing to get through it, right? But if you ever mess up, the deaths are like spectacularly janky, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I missed the platform and fell. It's always like, oh, I kind of hit the platform and then Ratchet did the pose like I can wall jump even though there was nothing there. And then he fell and then the camera freaked out and uh, I guess I died. You know uh, what I mean? It's like shit like that Sonic all the time. Deaths, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and 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 what I keep thinking is, man, Returnal had better 3D platforming too. <laughs> so, give it to me straight. Is this a game or is it a tech demo? Because from what I see, it looks really pretty. It's oh god, it's so gorgeous. Um, graphically, it is amazing. And it's 60 FPS. It's gorgeous. I love how it looks. Also, there's a lot of... So let's get into some positive stuff here. I've bitched for a minute. Really good graphics. And it's got a little bit of that presentation that, that you know, these games are known for that I really like. Like, first of all, the voice acting. Super good. Like, all the characters are very well voiced. The writing is generally good, you know? Some of it falls flat for me, but, like, generally, though, I think that the the writing and the humor is pretty good. Um, And then, uh, 
I forgot where I was going there for a second. Uh, but, oh, positives. oh, oh. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah. There's stuff like uh, you get like a lightning gun that like can can stun guys. So weapon and when variety. You, yeah, and uh, but but specifically though, it's things like the enemies kind of yell stuff out at you a lot. You know, like there there are enemies that are like Doctor Nefarious's forces, right? And they'll come out saying things like, "No one can defeat the evil nefarious army" or something. You know, like they're like saying stuff like that in like ridiculous voices. And if you stun them with a lightning gun, like every different enemy has its own version of going, like because they're getting because they're getting stunned. It's great like it really like livens up the combat a lot when the enemies are just like yelling shit at you and reacting to your shots and your hits and that kind of stuff i love that kind of stuff and it's it's got all that uh the downside of that is that the characters talk too much it's one of those fucking games where if you if you walk into a room and you're like, wow, this room's really pretty. I'm going to like look in all the corners to try to find secrets and stuff because this game's got secrets everywhere. 20 seconds in, the characters have to be like, well, we got to find out where Ratchet is. Oh, you know, God. and it's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> so I hate that kind of thing. Uh, okay, it also- okay. So I was going to say a game that does that perfectly, not what you just said, but, you know, dialogue from just hanging around, Uncharted. Have you, you've played mm-hmm. Uncharted, right? Yeah. The banter back and forth between the two characters on screen makes so many of those scenes. It's perfect. And if you just stand around, you know, I think you'll you'll hear one or two things where you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But it's like, it's nothing like, uh, like Nathan Drake will just be sitting there, just be standing there while your character, your controller is on the ground while you're doing God knows what behind the TV screen. And Nathan Drake will just be like, Yeah, well, just like, yeah, a bug just hit me, you know? He's <laughs> just like, hanging out. It's just mm-hmm. just chilling. The game acknowledges that you're not playing. It's not screaming at you. Like like a lot of those games in that era used to do, like like in the 90s, like everything had an idol. Oh, I guess I better go look over there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of those things for every character. I remember that, yeah. Not done, yeah. not so in Uncharted. Um, and there's a perfect solution to the problem of the character reminding you what to do all the time. Here's, here's the solution. They already, they already put a fucking button in the game that you can press and it reminds you of your objective. It puts a little blip on the screen that's like, this is where you're going. It puts on the screen the objectives checklist for a moment that reminds you what you're doing. Have the character say the dialogue line when you press the button. You know, problem solved. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this is also one of those games where when you get into a fight, sometimes the characters have like like three or four lines of dialogue that they yell to each other at the start of the action sequence. And if you die in that action sequence, you have to hear that dialogue every single time that you respawn. Um that's so, uh, it's got Unless, all that. Can you skip stuff. it? No, because it's like oh. you're playing the game, and it's just shit that they're. It's not a cutscene. It's just shit that they're yelling while you're playing it. Uh, oh, you know what got oh. me really good? Do you remember the first time in-game dialogue truly like made you like 
take take a double take for a minute like did that really just happen <laughs> yeah is this, is this part of the option for me it was i want to say it was battlefield bad company 2 uh as the engineer so in that game it's like you know you have like little dialogue things that you can say hey i got ammo or hey i can repair your tank and <laughs> i was just driving a tank once or no i'm sorry no there was someone else driving a tank once and i wanted repair points so i was an engineer i'm an engineer so i go up to him and i'm saying hey let me fix your fucking tank you're about to die and uh the character vocalizes out with the speech option that you choose it's not word for word it says uh repair here like that's what you get <laughs> you you get that robotic two word description of what you need to do need to do and then my character <laughs> i this is also the first time i've ever heard cursing but my like you know from a character that i'm playing that's not an m rated game whatever character goes let me unfuck your shit <laughs> 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 and it's funny because at the time I hadn't heard the prerequisite uh, vo- voice line, which is a tank signaling to an engineer that he needs repairs, which is, hey, my shit's fucked. Can you come help me out over here? <laughs> <laughs> so I just got the first context of let me unfuck your shit. <laughs> and I was like, that is gold. Why is that not the like, because it's you're in the military It's one of the first games where in the military like in a modern sense it kind of like puts you in the shoes of like a person with a a, you're really in this you're not gonna fire you from a job if you curse you know it's like you're gonna you're gonna get the sailor mouth everywhere and they put that in the game and i was like oh my god that was brilliant (laughs) so yeah it, it this is a funny thing because i remember being really really impressed by conquer's bad fur day oh that was the first So that that was on N64, and back then I was blown away by the fact that as you played that game, uh, the characters, like in multiplayer, the characters just shouted shit at each other (laughs) while you were playing it. Like I remember specifically if uh being the weasel character in if you're playing heist and you got the Tommy gun and you could be shooting the Tommy gun and if you're running around shooting the Tommy gun, the character will just yell out you know, as he's blasting it. <laughs> and I was just I was so blown away by this new technology of like of like just spoken audio in the middle of action as opposed to in a cutscene. Loved it, which is funny because now I'm always complaining about that shit <laughs> because they use it way too much in very annoying ways, like reminding you what to do or just straight up backseating you in a lot of cases Did games see- do. Didn't you say you didn't like Psychonauts? Oh, someone told me they didn't like Psychonauts. I've never played Psychonauts. Oh, okay. Because I think in Psychonauts, there is a lot of internal dialogue back and forth with your character. Yeah, but so yeah. Also, like what I was mentioning uh, with the having to hear shit repeated all the time is yeah. like a problem with, with that kind of thing also. So yeah, something that drives me nuts nowadays. All right. I got to get through the rest of my notes on this game real quick. I'm sure. skipping a lot here because I'm I'm gonna write a full review for this game. Oh, I good, think, good. Nice. I have a lot. I have a lot to say about it. Um, but yeah, there's just like there's a lot of just confusing moments in it as well, where things are just paced really awkwardly. Um, like there's this one part 
where uh, it's like Ratchet and he's with Kit instead of Clank, the other robot. They're like about to die and it's this big dramatic thing. And then Kit transforms into a giant robot. It turns out she can transform into like a giant killer robot. And it's this epic, exciting action moment where she saves the ratchet by defeating the big bad guy at the moment. And then she transforms back down and, and it's like, Whoa, she can do that. And then immediately, immediately she starts talking really slowly and somberly. And it goes into like a flashback and she's like explaining something in her life, you know, that like led up to something. And it's like this, it, like this transition, there was no transition, you know? So it was just like the action just fell flat. <laughs> yeah. It was like this big action thing. And you're supposed to have this little moment between the characters where you kind of process what just happened because it was something surprising, but they just immediately thrust you into this thing. That's this com other tonal uh, emotional thing, and and I, I'm, I wouldn't bring this up if this kind of thing didn't happen all the time in the game. You know, <laughs> like like there's just a bunch of of parts like that. Like, like there's another part where um, uh, you need to get this. Oh, you okay? You spend a whole bunch of time getting this quartz. And then when you finally get the quartz, Clank is about to get shot by the bad guy. Or no, Rivet's about to get shot by the by the bad guy. She's the new Lombax yeah, character. Yeah, Rivet, that's right. And, uh, and Clank, like, jumps... It, Clank, holding the quartz, jumps in front of her and gets the quartz... Or maybe it's the other way around. One of them is about to get shot. The other one jumps in front of the bullet... To br which breaks the quartz that we just spent all this time getting in order to save the other one. And instead of there being any dialogue whatsoever about what emotionally just happened, about the sacrifice that was just made, about this thing that we needed to get in order to <laughs> save the galaxy, and we just sacrificed it in the name of friendship, instead, the thing breaks on the ground... And the character picks it up and goes, hmm, uh, we should take this to someone who can fix it. All right, let's go. And then we're going. And <laughs> it's like, why? Bad There's writing. Just, yeah, the, well, it's not directing, even. directing. It's, yeah, 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 it's the directing. The writing is fine. Like, that's like a character moment that was supposed to be really important. But instead, it's just completely just, we shot right past it. And uh, and these kinds of things are happening, which is just real weird. But like overall, though, the writing's been fine, uh, and the directing's been fine overall. Oh, one thing I also want to point out. Okay, let's get into some more positives here. I mentioned that in the remake, everybody is all wooden and stiff. Um, this game, not like that. Everything is very well animated. In all of the cutscenes, the characters are fully animated, and they are expressive, and they use body language, and things are smooth, and it looks great. Um, so, glad that's not a thing anymore. Uh, also, um, I love what they've done with the weapon upgrade and armor system in the game 
So in ever since going commando, you've been able to level up your guns by using them, you know, uh, and they just get more powerful in this one. Maybe they've already done this. I, it's been a long time since I played the older games, so I don't know if they already did this, but there's this second upgrade thing where you get like a hexagon grid on, uh, for each weapon and on top of bolts, you also find raritanium all over the world. And you use raritanium to fill out this grid of extra upgrades on the weapons. So when you level the weapon up, it I think it increases how much damage it does, but it also expands this grid to more possibilities. And the grid has things like more range, Didn't longer damage over time. Maybe I didn't play Doom Eternal. Oh yeah, I haven't played um, it yet either. So yeah, so it, I I love like you 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 have this grid where you're like I want to focus for a minute with the raritanium that I have. I want to focus on making this gun do this thing, you know. And so you kind of spec out your the little grid in this way to get the upgrades that you want. And then there's like bonus upgrades where if you if you hit all the grid spots around these certain spots, then that opens up and it's like a it's like a special ability uh like there's the glove of doom which they brought back from i think the first game where it's like a little egg that pops out four little robots that run around i think that was the first game yeah yeah so so for for that for example the things on the grid will be like each node on the grid will be something like uh they can run faster or they see enemies from further away or that kind of thing you know and then like the big upgrades though where you have to where you have to fill in all the spots around them will be a bigger thing like uh you get one more robot per egg you know or that kind of thing like a big upgrade you know and you're like okay cool uh so yeah and though of course you can't get those right away because the grid isn't expanded enough cuz it's not leveled up enough so the weapon upgrade system is really really cool i also love what they did with armor So what they did with armor is instead of it just being like, hey, you got this armor, now your defense is higher. Um, Instead, you get all kinds of different armor pieces, heads, torsos, legs, and you can put whichever ones you want on. uh, And it's fully cosmetic because every piece of armor that you find is a permanent upgrade, whether you equip it or not. And they, and they do more than just defense. Some of them are defensive upgrades, but some of them are like, you find more bolts now. You find more raritanium now. Uh, and that kind of, or you get more experience and that kind of stuff. And I just, I really love that system of permanent character upgrades and I can choose to do whatever the hell I want with my armor, you know? Um, really great design there. Uh, and, you know, overall, as much as I'm bitching about the controls and how, as a shooter, it doesn't feel as good as Returnal, and as a 3D platformer, it doesn't feel as good as Returnal, um, it still is doing a really good job of just, like, b- being a single-player adventure where you go from planet to planet, and you do things on the different planets, and there's fun, lots of fun weapons and uh, generally fun enemies to fight, and generally good writing throughout. Um, Yeah, I just find it's a little bit of a chore controls-wise because I 
don't like how it feels and plays a lot of the time. And it's very janky with a lot of the minor things. Like I'm saying, I was a lot say, of nitpicks. It seems like There's, you're the, I think you're actually the only person I know who said anything um, negatively about the game. But I also feel like that's probably to do with the fact that the people who are playing it right now probably played it because they played it. They, they're kind of like me, where the last time they played Ratchet and Clank and they know the series is from is from the PS2. So it's been a yeah. long time since they, I guess, had any hand-to-hand experience with it. And you know, when you play games as a kid and then you play them as an adult, you're like, "Well, why is why are these games so much harder?" It's because, well, you had the skills developed back then. Well, now you have to relearn everything, especially if you jump between genres all the time. So it's like immediately harder. So I guess you're less focused on something like that, where. I I do remember Ratchet and Clank on the PS2 being a fairly open world, quote unquote, uh, experience where I got to explore a bunch and it felt like I could get to parts of the level and there'd be like a side quest there or I could get to parts of the level that I just wouldn't, shouldn't be in, but they just kind of denote that by there not being much to do there. But like you can kind of jump around and see where you can get to and that, and that was always one of my favorite hobbies to do is like just somebody like to find glitches in games and get out of level bounds and such i love just finding cool places to get to in games that you're not necessarily supposed to so a very linear experience is not my favorite that was actually one of the things i wasn't a huge fan of when it came to uncharted because that's a very linear game so if it's if it's not super explorable then it is a pretty marked change in how I remember Ratchet and Clank being. Totally. Most of the levels feel very, very linear. Um, there was one planet in particular that was really open, and it was by far my favorite. Mm. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's one planet where it's like, hey, there's like 12 things to find, and they're just kind of around. Go get them, you know? And that, it was like I was playing Mario Odyssey almost, like a little bit, you know, where it was like, I'm just, I'm exploring around. I'm, oh, here's a thing and over here, and here's a thing over there. And, I need to play that. You know, but when I started, kinda... I started playing that game for like five minutes, and I was... I was blown away by like how much reactive reactivity there was on every little thing in that game. God, Mario Odyssey is incredible. Yeah. I need to get it. <laughs> um yeah, so a- absolutely. Um so yeah, like overall, overall I like this new Ratchet and Clank. Uh I would 100% though say if you have not played the PS2 games, play those. If you haven't played the PS2 games in a very long time, maybe play them again instead. Um, my thing is, but... Ratchet and Clank just never captured my imagination like Spyro did, so I wasn't as attracted oh, yeah. to it. Well, good, uh, I love those PS2 ones. Uh, this new one, though, I mean, if you're dying to play Ratchet and Clank on PS5, uh, you know, you'll probably like it. It's it's aight. Uh, I but think yeah, Rivet's I... a pretty cool concept of, a, of an additional character. Cute design. I, yeah. I dig it. Yep, I I like Rivet. I like Kit, the new uh, the new robot. Yeah, I'd never also. heard of Kit before, so. Mhm. Um. Yeah, they did they did a good job with that. Uh, Kit is vo- or uh, Rivet is voiced by Jennifer Hale also, and she's a really good voice actor. It sounds familiar. So. Hale sounds she, familiar. Uh, she uh, she's been in a lot. She's kind of like the female Troy Baker, <laughs> in that like I feel like she's like the most prolific female voice actress around. But uh, she was Femshep, I think. Oh, like okay, most, yeah. Her, her biggest role, I would say. Um, um, 
is it H A L E? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Bioshock Infinite, Metroid Prime, Overwatch, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, Baldur's Gate, Matt. Yeah, nothing but gigantic hitting titles here. Yeah, she's, she, she's, she's been done. in a lot of stuff, and and she's been in like the main roles in a lot of stuff, also l- like being the female ship. Oh yeah, uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Who is she in? She's in the Powerpuff Girls. Wait a minute, no, no, I need to get a bigger selfie here. I know who she is. She's the one who plays Bubbles. That's right. Another uh, voice that's in uh, that's in this game is Robin Atkin Downs. Oh, good who for her. I. Uh, I think that, well, it's a dude, this one. No, I'm talking about Jennifer. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, another guy in this game is Robin Atkin Downs, and uh, I read that name, and I was like, I know that from somewhere. What the hell? That's alien to me. uh, I I looked him up on Wikipedia, and he's in a million things, none of which I've seen, but they're all big things. A lot of, like, cartoons and Marvel things and just a bunch of shit that I haven't done. And then I started seeing things like, oh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, he's like generic soldier. Okay, I probably don't know that, you know, and, and uh, specifically and that kind of thing. And then he's Travis Touchdown. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. He's got a rap sheet 2,000 titles long. <laughs> Fucking Travis Touchdown. Though. I That's still don't know 100 that name. 100% what I know him from. He, oh, that's the main character of No More Heroes. Oh, I've never even... I don't know what No More Heroes is even about. Well... I'm not, we a, can, I'm not a comic book person. That's all it is for me. Well, oh, I, I'm not either. No More Heroes is a Wii game. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I remember... Didn't they say they were releasing a third one? Yes. So No More Heroes was originally on Wii. It had a sequel on Wii. They ported it to PS3. Uh, the port is bad. Don't play it. Then they ported it to Switch, which is a good port. Do play it. Um, and then it just came out on PC. They ported it to PC now. I don't know about that port yet. I, I know then, this guy from one movie, actually. Uh, he was then, the ship computer voice in Prometheus. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's in a million things, I guess. Um, but yeah, so now, though, No More Heroes 3 is being made for Switch, and I'm pretty excited about that, because No More Heroes 1 is uh, an all-time favorite for me. That game is incredible. It's a really good time. I don't even know what it's play. like. <laughs> it's, uh, it's real good. Uh, you know, we can talk about it some other time, perhaps. I'm sure it'll come up. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we're at a little past the two-hour mark. Did you want to finish off on in there? Maybe I can watch some, uh, actually watch some E3 footage at some point and yeah. then talk about it. <laughs> per- perhaps I'll, uh, uh, perhaps I'll watch the rest of stuff too. Cool. Well, uh, if you're cool in it there, then I am too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Appreciate you uh, downloading all that. We are uh, Dash and Invictus Knox. We are on Twitch and, of course, YouTube as well, as well as the channel you see now. So appreciate you all liking and following and all that shit. Uh, We'll be back next week. Yeah, thanks for letting me get all this shit off my dick about Ratchet and Clank. (laughs) It's a dirty dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. (laughs) All right, uh, I, uh, yeah, later, peeps. We love you. Peace. Bye.